The following podcast is about wrestling. Yes, we know. You see, every year, various wrestling promotions gather in a specific area to have shows leading up to WrestleMania. One day, some jackass decides to chronicle all those shows, and he managed to drag his girlfriend and two others along for the ride. We're still not sure how he pulled that off. Now, join us to find out what happened one crazy weekend. I liked you better when you were shoving condoms in everyone's farts. The world is a vamp. Welcome back to One Crazy Weekend, the show that discusses wrestling weekends one weekend at a time. I'm your host, Rosenthorn, and I'm joined by Casey. Hello. By Jeff. Howdy. And by Bunny. Yo. And we are still in the middle of our bonus episodes to both wait for our guests to uh, take care of their technical difficulties and to, um, how do I put this delicately, kill time until we have more of a season two than we do now because of, well, you know, mm-hmm. gestures wildly at everything. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, what I did is I let Bunny pick the next two episodes and then I have a two night, a uh, two episode thing. And then I'm going to let the others pick and, t- and so on and so forth until we are ready to uh, resume the schedule. Yeah. I was feeling um, a little bit American and Japan centric, so I've gone with something a bit more um, not. Yeah, I'm not very good at words today. <laughs> That's me every day. True. But uh, yeah, we are talking about Riptide Wrestling. And one of their first shows ever, Riptide's Point Break 2017. <laughs> Here's the history of Riptide. It was founded in 2017 in Brighton, UK. That's the history of Riptide. Oh, wow, that's short and sweet. They don't have a Wikipedia page, so it was kind of hard to find info. Uh, they were founded by a guy called Josh Bevan and his friend Tom West. They're both musicians. Um, I don't actually know much more about either of them, so I can't really tell you anything, except that they, um, they're really invested in... Um, they're trying to make Riptide as fan-friendly and wrestler-friendly as possible. Like, they've got, you know, they're... I'm sorry, I'm really bad at wording today. It's fine. But yeah, no, Riptide is, like, um... They've got, like, a zero-tolerance policy on fan harassment. They've Good. got vegan hot dogs. They've got, like, signs explaining stuff for all the newer fans. Um, they encourage women and minorities to go to their shows. This is what wrestling should be. Yes, yeah. it is. Also, um, uh, Rosen. Yes. You know Justine, Pastor Sosa? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's, um, she's dating Josh Bevan. Oh, cool. Which I didn't know until recently. It was hilarious. I just thought he was some dude she'd met. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a quote from their website. Riptide fuses the enchanting world of independent pro wrestling with the welcoming and colorful spirit in our home of sunny Brighton. Neat. Yeah, Brighton is, um, I don't know, well, I've never been to England, I've never been anywhere but Australia because I'm officially boring, but, um, Brighton is, as far as I can tell, Brighton is full of two things, really good bands and gay people, so kind of like my mecca. <laughs> hmm. Well, there you go. Yep. And I'm going to be well, letting Bunny handle, know. like, the character info and stuff this, uh, this week, because she knows more about the UK scene than I do. Yeah, um... 
So I haven't, like, I kind of fell out of, uh, I haven't watched most of Riptide's recent stuff, but I did watch the first few episodes, and I love them. So when Rosen was like, yeah, you can pick a couple of episodes, I thought of Riptide immediately because just of how damn good their shows are. Yeah, we'll get into it more uh, as we go on, but yeah, the cinematography is striking. Like, as soon as I saw, like, a smooth different camera angle, the way it looks, I'm like, wait... This is real cinematography. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's not shaky camera ones. Oh my god, it looks so gorgeous. Hallelujah. Yeah, I think Riptide's one of the taglines is even like cinematic <laughs> pro wrestling. They are really invested in their camera angles and shit, which I know nothing but, about whatsoever. No, no it's it, it, it does. It, it does. It has a it has a lot more of a, uh, a lot more of a cinematic feel to it. You know, especially with like sweeping camera motions and everything. It's a lot more polished than uh, some than some smaller indies. Even WWE yeah. doesn't look as good as this. And the thing is, it's like they use steady cams to make achieve a lot of those smooth shots. And there's some shots they they do that I was surprised they are able to get. But it makes it so much different than what we're used to. We're kind of look feels like we're almost watching a documentary being placed in motion, but it's not a documentary. That's how interesting Riptide is for their production. Yeah. For the quality of it. And I, if they're able, if we're able to get steady camps onto like other indie shows, it would make it so much interesting to have a couple shots like that. Well, hopefully uh, uh, with both this and the thing you mentioned earlier, uh, people will learn from Riptide. One thing Riptide can learn from others, though, is, uh, well, our commentary tonight is... Non-existent. No, nobody. What? That was my main problem with the show, to be honest. What? There's. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it as we go, but I, I like commentary. I really do. I will say when I was watching it, I would see Rosen's problem, but it kind of reminds me of us when we're in the audience at PWG watching it, and we're not hearing commentary. We're watching people wrestle, and it's not counting when they put it on DVD. For we hear the commentary. We're just watching people wrestle at the moment, so commentary is, like, non-existent as we're watching it in real time. So it kind of feels like that when we're watching Riptide. We're, we're supposed to be in real time there, so there's no commentary to do yeah. anything for it. I get that, but it's just, it's a little bit... Uh, jarring? Not jarring, but hard to pay attention, I guess. Like, as someone with ADHD, it's hard to pay attention when, uh, when I, you know, I can't have... A backup to be like, oh, what did I miss? Oh, they just said it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like the only exception is, like you said, PWG, but that's because or GCW when I'm there. But that's because when you're actually there, it's kind of different because of uh, like you're ha- you have to pay attention to things going around you. You're in you're in that crowd environment, and the crowd is hyping you up. When you're not in the crowd environment, it's a little weird. Not quite. It's not quite as immersive. Yeah, but, maybe um, that's just me, but I don't know. Yeah. But shall we get into the first match? Yes. Certainly. Yep. It's match number one. It's a sweets and candy death match. Candy Floss versus Dahlia Black. With TK Cooper, With TK Cooper. Like, off to the side. I I feel so bad for TK Cooper. He uh, he worked so hard for him and Travis to get to Bola, and they were gonna do. Uh, that Travis and TK versus the Young Bucks, and then TK got injured and it never happened. Travis got signed to the WWE and TK is just doing his thing. And I really wish he would get his uh 
at least the PWG shot he, he earned. Hmm. Well, maybe when this whole thing clears the fuck up, he will. Maybe. Maybe he can come back with Aussie Open and for their tag title shot they never got. I mean, maybe, but... That'd be interesting, but uh, until then... Yes. Speaking of PWG, I see we're doing intro-less matches. It's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't... Sorry. You go first. Yeah, that's... Rip doesn't really do intros as such unless you're watching one of the Rumbles or something. Hmm. Go on. I do like how the... Like, the songless uh, intros are. They're... Remember you PWG, but there's, like, no special music that's iconic to it unless... They are, have something, I'm not sure, but I kind of like how they show a different angle of the indie wrestlers, because sometimes with PWG, you can't see their entrance because, depending on where you are, you, a lot of the audience is, is crowding in front of the wrestler, so you can't see the wrestler coming that's in. That's why they film it. Yeah, but that's why I kind of like the, the Riptide's like, intros, so you don't, see, you don't see the audience, but you can see the wrestler doing their thing. Sorry, there's a cat outside my window. Um, go on. Who's <laughs> a beautiful kitty? Yes, he is. We now bring you Bunny on Kitty Watch. Yes, he's gorgeous. Yes, he's sitting there licking himself. Oh, he's a beautiful cat. Go on. So, uh, we didn't get any announcing either, which was which was odd. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Oh, who's staring at me? It's Maybe. you. Yes, you are. Go on. Actually. Actually, I think we did at like at the end of the matches, but yeah, it might just have who won. Yeah, it might. Yeah, it might have just been a part of you know they didn't put in the they didn't put the the announcements you know the the, the introductions in with the uh, entrances. Yeah, mm. maybe maybe the entrance the intros were done during the entrances. Well, yeah, yeah. that's fine. That's what I mean. Yeah, that would make most logical sense. But as Rosa said, this is a sweets and candy death match. It's a death match, but with candy. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, not not enough jawbreakers. Zero out of ten. No <laughs> giant lollipops. It's the will. Bit... It's. I mean, the... we 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 needed like a gi- we needed a giant table made out of a giant Kit Kat. Bar. We'll get to tables. <laughs> we'll get to tables. Uh, Tables. It's the Marcy Playground Willy Wonka crossover we never knew we needed. What? <laughs> Mar- Marcy Playground did the song Sex and Candy and then Willy oh, Wonka. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> uh, okay, yes. So, <laughs> the match. Bunny, who tell us about these people? Okay, hang on. Let me just find my glasses of exposition. <laughs> Right. So, who do you want to hear about first? Uh, let's go with Dahlia. Alright, Dahlia Black is a New Zealand wrestler who moved over to England with her then-boyfriend, TK Cooper. They um, essentially were a package deal as the South Pacific power couple, wherein their gimmick was that they would aggressively make out everywhere, anywhere, in the ring, on the ring, against the referee. You know, basically, they were in love and they thought they made it better than you. Uh, yes, in the ring, on the ring, uh, but is 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 on the referee with the referee, in no. the referee. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry it's yeah. just reminded me of the Edge and 
Lena? Le- Lena. 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 It just reminds yeah. me. It just reminds me of the they had sex. The live on sex live celebration. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm genuinely surprised that Dolia and TK never replicated that. Like on the one hand, I like to. I, I don't know either of them, obviously, but like. It makes me feel like they could have, they never even like made a joke about it or something. Like, it feels like it would have been in character for them as characters to even like not do it as such, but just joke about it. Because if anyone was going to do it, it'd be the obnoxious couple who made out all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially if they like went like super, like super over the top, like just, you know, just, just, oh, they did. I mean, not even actually kissing just like rubbing their faces against each other their tongues like just flying around like uh like a windsock <laughs> what okay um what about candy floss oh well, i'm not finished with dahlia yet sorry oh never um, mind i'll wait <laughs> it's it's her time <laughs> okay sorry um yeah so the south pacific power couple became a south pacific power trip with travis banks um, they were basically, you know, we're Kiwis and we're really proud of it. Um, they were mainly in progress. Um, yeah, anyway, Dali retired from wrestling and became a commentator. Um, so Travis and TK were mainly teaming up, doing their thing. Uh, Dahlia and TK broke up, I think it was 2018, and she has since moved back to New Zealand. Uh, I think she did a run-in in a New Zealand show fairly recently, but as far as I'm aware, she's basically retired from wrestling. Is there a reason why she was retired? I don't know. I think she just doesn't want to do it anymore. Mm. Understandable. Uh, yeah, so that's Dahlia and TK such. Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention is that um, the two of them also had a thing where in their matches, they would they would constantly interfere with each other's matches. So I was actually genuinely surprised. Like, I know TK's on crutches, but this is one of the few matches I've seen where he didn't interfere in some way. Like, they even had a whole storyline about it in progress. Hmm. And uh, Candy. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Dalton. They're making out in the ring and not in the way you perverts are hoping for. <laughs> All right. Uh, Candy Floss is, uh, well, depressingly young. I think she's about 21. She was, like, 17 or 18. Back in 2017, I think. Fucking kids. Um, basically, Candy is pure face, and her gimmick is she's a sweet, adorable child who really, 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 really likes Candy. Huh. I'm amazed yeah. her theme is not by MCP Pants from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. What? They're in, in the show Aqua Teen Hunger Force, there is an episode where uh, a fictional rapper by the name of MCP Pants, played by MC, real rapper MC Chris, uh, creates a song so addictive that it gets people to uh, to come to this warehouse so he can eat them because he's a giant spider in reality. Aqua Teen Hunger Force was weird. <laughs> I don't think they have that in England, but... <laughs> I, it, it's, it starred a sentient milkshake fries and meat patty. Yes, I don't think I don't think England did Aquatine Hunger Horse as such. I think they had their own good shit. Mm. Yeah, they do. Yeah, um but, but anyway, cuteness, cotton candy, nice look. Is Adorable but, child. Oh, is yeah. there a, has she done anything recently? Or um, is that Candy is uh she's been in stardom a few times, I think. 
Huh. Didn't she turn heel recently? Oh, fuck to find her. I think she was attacking people with a giant lollipop or something. That's cool. Yeah. But no, she I'm wasn't in, in Stardom. Uh, not in the more recent Stardom, but hang on. Let me just um check the magic cage match. Um, If my computer doesn't fuck up, that is. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go off um, off topic a little bit. We've got a wrestler. Well, I say we. She's not really. She's from New Zealand. Candy Lee. You guys know her? Sounds vaguely familiar. Sat yeah. Sorta. She also has a candy theme, obviously. And um, I've, I've always secretly wanted her to do, like, um, a, some sort of, like, weapons match in PWA so I can get her a giant lollipop to beat the shit out of people with. <laughs> I remember... Uh, Back when I was working ring crew at Bar Wrestling, I uh, there was a match between Candice and Joey versus uh, Aaron Solo and Ricky Starks, and uh-huh. they at one point used a giant chupa chup. I'm talking like the th- the thing was like th- the stick was like three feet tall. Jesus! <laughs> and they asked me to hide it in like a backpack or something, so they just <laughs> like I guess attempt to shove it up someone's ass. Of course they did. I mean, of course, what else are you going to do? <laughs> um, yeah, so hang on, I'm looking here. Uh, mostly looks like UK shows. Doesn't look like Candy's been out of the UK in China recently, except for Denmark, apparently, in 2019. Well, her, it was just weird seeing her, her uh, look at, like, strangely, the yeah, Candy was supposed to be cotton candy or actual candy floss which is called in the UK for cotton candy fun sugar but she kind of reminded me back in the 90s uh, there was a special uh, I can't remember the name of the bubble gum but a special bubble gum that had like a duck on it and there was one that was my favorite brand do you mean hubble bubble just, hu- no bubble yum yeah bubble yum there was a bubble yum where uh it has a duck on it. And I remember during the 90s, they promoted one of my favorite bubblegum flavors that they had. They discontinued it, but it had the duck, and it was like a punk duck. It was cotton candy-flavored bubblegum, and that's what her colors reminded me of so much. It also was bad. I love that gum so much. Like, it was just... I think I could, was it because of how, like, small it was, I was able to put, like, a whole pack in my mouth. But it was, like, I think eight pieces of gum. Anyway. And they were squares. Oh, they were squares. They were like the rolling, like the long six foot strip of bubble gum, like ropes. It was cut into squares, so it was much easier. That was a fine joke, Casey. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, my voice is not able to replicate a saxophone. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> nobody likes licorice. No. No, black, no it was specifically black licorice. Yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. Nobody well, likes yeah, black licorice. Black, yeah. yeah, so for some context, Dahlia starts by offering candy some candy. Unfortunately, it's licorice. Nobody likes licorice. Mainly black licorice. No one likes it because I think it's a lot more... There's like a spice in it that makes it different. It's nasty. No one likes it, it because is. it tastes like the devil's anus. How, do you, know, know, how do you know what the devil's anus tastes like? I'm not a little yeah. sure about that. I was good, but I was also, I know a couple of people that do like black licorice, but 
Five I can secretly demons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with that. Alden likes black, li black licorice, apparently. Is that a demon? <laughs> Great. No, no. You can have all of mine. That's not. No. We're not. Uh, it's. I kind of like that. The first, like, Dahlia tries making it as a peace offering to candy, like candy floss, but when she sees black licorice, it's like, nope. No, she's not going to eat it. Oh, well, I'm going to still attack you anyway. It's a, it's a distraction. Damn it, you will eat this licorice and like it, you little bitch. Oh, that's going to come <laughs> up in just a bit. Sorry, little bitch. I'm sorry, <laughs> New Zealand accent. I'm not doing a very good job. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's all good. Hey, a too sweet chant that actually makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, it actually works for just smash chant, especially since they're using real candy. Yeah, I gotta admit, this, I was genuinely surprised that this was the opener and not, like, before the intermission because of how much shit was in the ring. Yeah, yeah really. Well, well, they didn't, well, the one thing, I know in the UK they have different candies than us. Like, I don't think they have M&M's over there. They don't have Hershey at all. They don't have, like, any of the Hershey products over there. So they had to do with UK candy, which is completely different. Which leads me <laughs> yeah. to ask, Bunny, what bars were in the ring? Okay, so give me five seconds and I will look that up for you because I don't know if the celebrations are different um, over there. So keep talking about the match and I'll figure that out. All right. Uh, honestly, oh, um... honestly, one thing, one, one, one critique I would probably give this match is that there really wasn't enough candy. Uh, also, I'm, 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 I'm disappointed we didn't get a diabetes. Diabetes. Hmm. Well, I mean, you had Dahlia trying to choke Candy out with some sort of candy rope. Oh, oh, oh you mean no, a candy garrot? Oh no! What happened is that uh, the black licorice that it's like a bridle or something. It, it turns out the black candy. licorice that uh, Candy Floss didn't want to eat. Dahlia takes that and force feeds it into Candy Floss in the hold. Yes, and then they, and then she gets Tika to throw out some candy ropes, whatever the fuck they were, and chokes candy with them. Yeah, and then uh, Candy Floss attacks Dahlia with cotton candy, cotton candy. Yeah, which, is the, which I thought that was fun. That her namesake is used in an attack formation. Oh, well, I mean, what else are namesakes for? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Double stomp to the arm from Candy Floss, and then a straight jacket neck, straight jacket neck breaker from uh, Dahlia. Uh, code uh, break go ahead. Sorry, go on. Uh, code breaker to the arm, and then a power bomb into some candy, and Dahlia taps to the arm bar. It's a fun opener. Uh, yeah. I call it a candy slam. So to answer your question, Rosen, it appears that celebrations in the UK consist of Mars bars, Twix, Snickers, Bounty, Galaxy. Galaxy Caramel, Maltesers, and Milky Way. Hmm. Okay. Neat. Yeah, because yeah, there's one moment during the match that TK Cooper hands Dahlia what looks like a like celebration party yeah. bag, and she pours it onto the ring because mm. uh, she was going to slam Candy Floss, but Candy Floss slams her into it. Oh, God. Yeah. Elrox, did you clap twice because it's type 2 diabetes? Boo. Uh, I will. S uh, what got me was that the crowd was chanting "Save the bounty," and it's like, why would you ever want to save the bounty? Bounty is disgusting. Okay, that's another thing that we don't have here. Here, bounty is just paper towels. Uh, yeah. yeah, bounty is um, chocolate covering over coconut. Oh, 
I so hate basically, I like lion oh. bars. Mm. I crunchies. Crunchies are delicious, and I want them again. If, if crunchies are the same here, like are they honeycomb? Yes. That, yes. Those are the. We, we don't have them here, but there's a candy store at Universal Studios that has them. Uh, well, Market also had them too. Yeah, the point is they're not usually an American thing, and neither are Lion Bars. And there was one time I found them in its sugar store. I they believe... were as Do you guys have the crunchy ice cream? We don't have crunchy, period. No. That sucks. Crunchy ice cream is fucking delicious. Mm, sounds like delicious. That sounds great. Yeah, but anyway. The match. Sorry. Yeah, match. <laughs> oh, there's one moment when Candy Floss wins... There's a freeze frame of the actual image, and then credits appear saying how she won. And I'm like, oh my god, this really is dramatic. That's very cool. Yeah, that was interesting. I like that. Yep. Like, is it it Sorry, go on. No, you go first. It reminded me of, um, I don't even know which game it is, but like, uh, is it Grand Theft Auto? With the wasted, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it kind of reminds me of Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. It, it just reminds me of comic books because it was very comic book font, but lots yeah. of games do it. Yeah, like I will say, right off the gate, this was a very good match. It was different. Yeah, uh, Rosen would have his criticism of saying this wasn't a death match because there was no blood in it, I, which just fine listen, by me. But you try getting blood out. You try like drawing blood with chocolate bars. Yeah, I mean, if you give me t- if you give me an hour. Me no, but no, I'm I'm fine. With, I didn't actually you, have a problem with it. You, you probably could. It's just would it just would defy the laws of physics. Yeah. Though so I, for me personally, I would actually love to see another candy death match again. But this time, um, over here in the United <laughs> States, there are giant versions of some iconic candies. There's giant Rice Krispie, giant Hershey's chocolate bar, giant Kiss, giant lollipops. Giant Reese's pe- Reese's peanut butter cups. If they wanted to use those for death matches, because those things can weigh like heavy. I have held a giant Hershey's chocolate bar. They are heavy. They would be perfect if you wanted to do an extreme version of a candy death match. I, I will agree, <laughs> but I have one one. Small no, no, no. Change. Hmm? I think I know what you're saying, and I just want to say, Neo Yokio death match. Yeah! Earn that big yes. Toblerone! Yes, also, can you imagine? Can you imagine Joy Ryan hitting someone with a giant sucker? Or just. I or think just that's dick. Or, or just. No, no, just taking like a, a giant slab of Rice Krispies and just powerbombing someone through it. Again, yeah. I, my, oh. one, my one criticism of this is Rice Krispies is not a candy. Well, what, the, you, what the fuck is a Rice Krispie? It's, oh. essentially, it's essentially rice cereal, but sometimes they have like uh, they have like some sweetener that congeals it into a brick. Match number two: Damon Moser versus Spike Trevay. I when I saw Spike Trevay walk out, he looked like an Elton John reject. He looked like he had Flash Morgan Webster's outfit. Oh, and but- that jacket! Oh God, it looks like he got he, it looks like he got it out of curtains that were stolen from a circus. Also, Moser looked like he came from a fuzzy biker gang, mainly because his vest looked like it was fuzzy. A fuzzy biker gang. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I, that's what Where my hell's cookie monsters. Down. 
actually sounds like something from a cartoon. Yeah. Or something out of both of the Happy Time Murders or something? Yeah, probably. Maybe. Yeah, uh, wow. <laughs> so before we get into who these people are, uh, Dalton has a good point. Rice Krispie bars have marshmallows in them, which is a candy, so it's a class 2 candy-like object. Fair enough. Yeah! <laughs> Pussy Solomon, it's sugar, so it counts. Fair enough. Um, Bunny, who is Damon Moser? Okay, so we're getting into one of my pet peeves in wrestling. I'll explain who Moser is first, and then I'll explain that, yeah. Moser is an English dude with who looks... Vaguely like a stereotype of what the devil might look like because he's got a really big ginger beard. Um, his fingers, like... Okay. This is one of my big pet peeves in wrestling. It's when people don't seem to have any actual gimmick. Yeah. Weirdly they enough... Just, yeah, they just come out in tights and expect you to cheer for them because, like, hey, I'm a... Com- I'm a competitor. Oh, yeah. I'm here to win. I'm here to... You know, I'm here to be the best. Yes, actually, that is exactly it. Like, back when... One of my biggest hatreds is, like, a bunch of faces who don't seem to have anything besides, hi, I'm Name, I'm from hometown, and I want to be the best and prove myself. Like, that's not a gimmick. You guys remember back in, like, 2000 and shit, I don't remember, when I absolutely fucking hated Sami Zayn? I do remember that, and I... Yeah. I totally get that reasoning. I think it can be done well, it's just super overdone. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. back when I hated Sami Zayn, I hated him because, to me, he didn't seem to have a gimmick other than everyone likes me, so you should like me too. And I'm really, um... Yes, I'm, I- just having, I'm having fun, guys! Oh, well, we should have some fun, yeah! I just, I don't like people. It's like, you should like me because everyone else likes me. Like, no. I thought you were just gonna be like, I don't like people. Well, I don't like people, that's true, but like... <laughs> well, to be to be fair, people are the worst. Yeah, people but... kind of suck. But I get what you're but saying. Yeah. But you... like, most of us doesn't seem to have a gimmick, and it sucks because the thing is, he's a great wrestler. Yeah. He could yeah. be really good if he just thought of something and did it. The thing is, yeah. this is actually yeah. funny timing, uh, Eric Stevens put out a promo today talking about this exact thing, kind of in reverse, though. Like, he was so? talking about guys who are all character. And that he's going to be the guy who's focusing on uh, being the best at his craft when when this whole thing dies down. And Mm. it got him and Chris Dickinson were talking about it, and they they fully admit that the character aspect is not for them, but it is. And I thought, why it is for me? And I realized I need a character mainly because it gives me confidence, Mm. and I feel like I can like project my best self through that character as I develop what it is, which at the and moment that, is just lo- uh, lovable, optimistic doofus. That's I mean, not a, that's you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, basically, you would just be putting yourself out, you know, putting putting out yourself, turned up yeah. to 11. Yeah, like, they say the best <laughs> characters are uh, yourself, just exaggerated, and that's what I'm going for. But enough about me, uh, I just thought that was uh, a interesting timing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, no, so, um... Now, Spike Treve, he's got a character. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say about Moser, like, the other thing about Moser, he doesn't seem, he doesn't really seem very talkative, which also feels a bit of a problem, because, like, you do have to, uh, there are some wrestlers who do the strong, silent thing, but you've got to talk sometimes, otherwise it just looks like you're not, you don't feel like putting in any effort. 
Alternatively, getting a manager would help. Alternatively. Now, Spy Trevay. Oh god, I love this guy so much. He is a cute... <laughs> He definitely nails the smart, the smarmy asshole, uh, uh, bit. <laughs> Were you saying something, Rorson? I was say, I, I know what you're going for, and I agree. Spike Gervais is very good at playing the evil Tory. He's <laughs> wonderful. I love him. Um, okay, so Spike Gervais is a dude from somewhere in England. I don't know, dude, like... Look, honestly, I've, I've never been to England, and England has, like, 50,000 towns with weird names that are all, like, five kilometers next to each other, but they're all like, oh, God, we're not with them. You're going to kill them. And they all have weird fucking accents. I don't bloody know, okay? Fair enough. Sorry. My, my, I've watched a lot of shows set in England. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, also, oh, uh, we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, so Spy Trevay... He is an actual actor. Like, he was actually acting on the stage before he became a wrestler. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and his gimmick is he is a privileged, rich Tory blue blood, which he's not actually. But, um, and he knows he is better than you because he has money. And also, he thinks he's a Tory. Your politics are rubbish. He, all, he can buy anything he wants, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You guys can fill in the blanks. That's an extremely strong character. Oh yeah. Uh. Yep, yeah, Casey. The Tories are basically the British Republicans. Uh-huh. Okay. But they have the added, they have the added element of um because in England you have all the lords and the like the the peerage I guess is the word. Yeah. Whereas in America you don't really have that. So that so Spike has the added element of being like you know. I am actually noble. I am inherently better than you. I am immortal. I have inside me blood of kings. Yes, which for the rec- like, like I said, he's not. He said in an interview that his parents were working class who like worked their way up. That's that's the best kind of best kind of heel. The guy who's actually really nice, which is like ha- oh yeah, the majority he's of the a- PWG heels. Yeah, he's Funny a really you- nice guy when he's not being a cunt. Yeah, like Adam Cole is a sweetheart. Uh. So yes, uh, I actually did know Damon Moser going into this because uh, Bunny and I used to watch Progress together from until like 2017, 2018. Like for a long time. Look, most of the 2010s are just like a sort of blur to me in which you can vaguely pick out dates. Yeah, yeah, same. 10 years is a long goddamn time. Yes, it is. Uh, but yeah, I knew I knew Damon Moser. Spike Trevay was like right after my my time with Progress, uh, and I knew I would like him when someone shouted "Kill him!" towards him, and he was like, "That's illegal." Yes. <laughs> uh, we got an "Oh Jeremy Corbyn" chant. Yeah, the political chants in this, like, apart from, oh, look, it's a kitty. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the very political chant of, oh, look, it's a kitty. <laughs> the political chants. Uh, aside from being dated, they're also a little bit, uh, we know how that vote, worked out. Vote, vote kitty party. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so there were a lot of political chants. There tend to be a lot of political chants. Spike does reference them occasionally because he's wonderful like that. Yeah. <laughs> would you would you like me to read what what Dalton just put? 
Yes. England is like a zoo for white people. Really different environments are right next to each other. More, None of the people would get along if they all had to be in another location. And they're all so different you wonder how they all ended up there. America's like that, but also with a with a dash of extreme stupidity. <laughs> um, yeah. We at the dog party would like to condemn the pro-kitty chanting that took place yesterday. <sighs> uh, where is your democracy? And that's that's what I remembered Spike's character is. No, no, it's where your majority. Oh, where's your majority? That's even better. Yeah. Didn't end well, but you know. Yeah. Uh, Awkward. Let's not talk about that. Coast to coast from Damon Moser, sling blade counter from Spike, the deal, and then it is kicked out of. (laughs) Who'd have thunk it? Yep. Roll through rings of Saturn from Spike. But a spinning Olympic slam and a knee gets Moser the win. Fun times. Yeah. Yep, yep, solid match. I'm just like, I don't know if we're doing that, but like, if we're, ha- if we're having like our own boys, Moser is my boy. I would say boy. Uh, I've asked Jay in the past, boy is absolutely acceptable. For example, one of my top boys, Curtis Axel, is now is going to hit the indies again probably once this is all over. Why the fuck is Axel your boy? Because he's awesome! He's the son of fucking Kurt Hennig. Yes, but being born to a wrestler doesn't make you good. Look he's also Bonaris. really good in ring. Alright. But he's always been booked like shit, hence the, the boy factor. Alright, fair enough. Yo, you dealing with the boy factor. <laughs> that actually does sound like a boy band. It kind of does. Well, Boyzone existed. That's uh. true. Oh, wow. That is a flashback. Do you know Boyz- the guy from Boyzone was in a movie? An Irish what kung movie? fu movie? What? You're, you're, you're not talking about that kung fu. Irish I am talking about movie. Phantom Deviation! Oh, God. Yeah, there's an Irish kung fu movie named called Fatal Deviation. OSW talked about it a while back. I'll, I'll, show, I'll send you the episode link. It's amazing. Like, wow. <laughs> Mikey from Boyzone is the villain, and his famous line from the movie is, You're making me look bad. And that's not good. <laughs> oh, God. That is a surprisingly yeah. good invitation. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty big line. The movie's so bad. We might we may have to talk about it after the podcast. Uh, oh my God. Anyway, uh, shall we move on to the next match? Yes. yes. Actually, Casey, what did you think of the match? It was alright. Just okay. impressed me. Fair enough. Uh, match number three. Chris Brooks versus Chuck Chuck Mambo. I have first good old reliable Chris Brooks. This is like the sixth time we're talking about him. God damn. Yeah, he does. It is? Yeah, he's been on a bunch of shows. Yep. That's how bad I don't remember. We we do. There is a disparity between recordings, so I don't blame you. <laughs> You've memorized Jonathan Gresham. You're fine. I. <laughs> it's fine. It's just a running gag for the show. Look, they're all octopus guys. Yeah, they're all oh, wait. Yeah. Chris Brooks is Jonathan Gresham's partner in CCK. You know, if you hadn't nice. said in CCK, I would have been a lot more interested. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure Jordan Grace would have been a lot more interested. <laughs> I don't know if they're dating, but I think but Chris Brooks is currently partners with Jackie Edo. Jonathan Gresham and uh, uh, Jordan Grace? No, they as are. As far as I know. No, they yeah. are. I meant uh, Chris Brooks and his current partner, Maki Edo. 
That's okay. a combination. Yeah. They're either best friends or dating. I don't know which. Wow. Can I say that Sorry, you go ahead. I was just saying, they're, they're currently tag partners in DDT. You were saying, Casey? I was saying that it's Chuck Mambo looks like a rejected Jason Muse if he was more of a surfer man. Yeah, his gimmick is a beach bum. Yeah, like, I think for me, personally, I think I'm tired of the stereotypical 90s beach bum gimmick. I think I'm grown to hate it. <laughs> okay. It's kind of strong, but okay. That's fair. I mean, I get it. It's overdone. Yeah, and especially during this current time, I don't think we really need that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'll get into it more when we talk about the anti-fun police. But yeah, beach go, going surfing is not a good idea right now, Chuck. Mm-hmm. Chuck from three years ago. Chuck from three years ago. Yes, uh, no, it is not. Um, yeah, so Chuck Mambo, English dude, um, hangs out with TK and Spike as part of their web show... TK and Mambo escaping the mid-card. He is basically the, like, okay. You guys know, like, how in old cartoons you had mad scientists who were, like, trying to transfer people in different bodies? Yeah. 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 Chuck Mambo is what would happen if you put a golden retriever in a human body. Yes! That's perfect. Um, that's that's absolutely perfect. I'll take, your, I'll take your word for it. He's just, he's like, he's Mr. Peanut Butter. Ah. I can't say. Uh, Casey, please do us all a favor and never watch Bojack Horseman. I already watched an episode of Bojack Horseman. It's not her thing. Her thing is Tuca and Birdie, actually. Uh, Good. Um, um, Or maybe I do want to watch Bojack Horseman. Oh, you do? Like, I want, but I know how how awful the mindset is for when you need to watch it, and so I'd rather wait until I have a chance to feel like watching it. That's understandable. That's my mindset too. We can watch it together and we can make ourselves feel better. But yeah, no, don't watch Bojack Horseman. It would make you very sad. Love you, honey. It is a, it is a rough sit. <laughs> but um, uh, Dalton in the chat. Chuck Mumbo is like if someone wanted to take the least sexy name and the most sexy name possible and mash them together to see what the net sexiness would be. And you put it with a guy who is one of those people who looks like he doesn't know what sex is. Hmm. Like, or, I know. Or, or he kind of, or he kind of does. He just, you know, it just happens. Hi, I'm Chad Figglesworth. <laughs> yeah, he just stumbles into it by accident, tripped over a beach ball, and whoop. Tripped over. We'll get to the beach ball. Um. So yeah, we're uh we're back in it. Wrist lock reversal to a pop, and then that I then I noticed that bottom rope is wobbly, <laughs> like really wobbly. Yeah, I mean, it's the uh... we've seen worse. Yeah, like last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, or rather, Seriously. last main episode. Uh, high fives, yay! And then why? Someone picked that up. It's the wrist lock phone. Like a phone wrestle hmm. hold? What the hell? It's fun. It feels weird. It's fun, nah. He's, he's a... Don't say the F word. Go on. Uh... What, you mean fuck? No, fine. That one's fine. <laughs> I said the word! We'll get there. I was playing with the fun. <laughs> AFP, open up! <laughs> 
Right, <laughs> yes. So Mambo like forgets to ha- get forgets how to get out of an arm lock, but he gets her eventually. Uh, yep. It was pretty funny. And uh, someone shouts, "What about Lycos?" And he was like, "He was a shit wolf anyway." And you could pinpoint the oh, second no. my heart breaks in half. No, you miss a bit where people start were chanting, "No wolf, no friends." At Brooks. That was it. Yes. And then Brooks like grabbed Mambo's hand and flipped off the audience with it. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, he, and then he said, "I have no friends." That's even sadder. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. It would just seem like he was just, like, going for emo. I have no friends. I have no life. I have no future. I am alone. And then slam onto the ropes and the apron. Ow. It's the hardest part of the ring. Why does everyone always say that? I mean, I don't the thing know. is, it is. It actually, because it's not, like, how a ring is constructed is... Uh, no, no, Rosen, we know. It's just that... I don't know why everyone always has to say that when we all know already. Oh, it's to, it's for newcomers to understand the impact. Hmm. There's there's kind of a written rule in uh, in writing. When you're writing a serialized thing, you have to have some aspects cater to the fact that people could be watching th- this particular episode for the first time. Okay. Like it's why uh, it's why so many shows do recaps at the beginning. Fair enough. Continue. Uh, Oh, this is the point where I wrote, where I had my hottest take. British singing chants aren't bad, y'all just hate fun. Don't say the F word! Oh, I know. Y'all just hate good things, how about that? Mm. Oh, hmm. speaking of British chants, I love it when the British chant holy shit because it comes out as holy shit and sounds so classy. That is pretty funny, yeah. But, like, there's a, like, Twitter, wrestling Twitter hates UK chants and their effect Why? on chants. I don't know. Like, I my theory is they're just jealous of how creative they are. But then again, people also hate Mauro Ronaldo, and I think he's great. I think people just hate, for, ironically enough, hate Fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like people just want wrestling to be ultra serious sometimes, and I get well, that. Like some, what, if the jokes don't work th- for them, then then like it's gonna be annoying. But the jokes work for other people, and. Uh, they should watch Australian shows sometimes. I don't like Adam Sandler, but I get that people that some people like Adam Sandler. So I don't begrudge Adam Sandler for existing. I just don't watch it. Did that metaphor track at all? Or it it makes perfect yeah. sense. Okay. Uh, yeah, because it makes, it makes sense. sense. We can't have that, can we? Nope. Uh, Mondo's er, Mondo. Mondo. <laughs> Chuck Mondo Wada. <laughs> Where did he get here? I don't know. Did he bring his pompadour? He slid. He he coated his motorcycle in butter and slid to the arena. <laughs> uh, d- definitely. So, so, some would say that was a slick move. Yep. But um, I mean, Mambo's beach ball is here, and there it goes. No, there's like a, there's a moment. Where, well, before that, uh, when Mambo has Brooks in a hold. Brooks is trying to reach out to, to the bottom rope, and he, he, you hear him. Oh, I'm so close because he's like a few, like a couple feet away from it, like one foot away, and he can't even reach it. But then the beast will come out of nowhere, and then fall, fell into the ring. Brooks kicked it so hard, and I'm like, <laughs> why was there a beach ball? It, oh, it's part of Mambo's entrance. But yet, 
Yeah, they get tossed around in Mambo's entrance because he's supposed to be fun, and fun is beach balls and shit. Yeah, fun is beach balls. I'm surprised that the beach ball did not break with that kick. Also, because I would be remiss if I did not... That's right, boys. Mambo cool. <laughs> did anybody get that? Or is it just me? Yes. Okay. Yes. No. <laughs> okay, Bunny, you were, you know Dragon Ball Z. You know of Dragon Ball Z, right? I know of Frozen? Dragon Ball Z. Yes. You just just say just say it's a just say it's a Dragon Ball it's, Z. It's a Dragon Ball Z abridged reference. It's not. It's from yeah. the original show. Oh yeah. Yeah, that, the, that like too. the original dub had a line where Krillin was like, yeah. "Mondo cool," and in Vegeta's head, he's like, "That's yes, right, boys. boys. Yeah. Mondo cool," and it's the Still. most unmenacing thing to say in a menacing voice. Yeah. But Sp- I mean, speaking of menacing, Chris Brooks is brutal here. There's a part where I literally went, ew. Oh, you mean the wet willy spot that you actually looked ew. away from? <laughs> yeah, guess what we're not seeing again for in wrestling for a while. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, then springboard cannonball to the outside from Mambo, and Chuck gets the win with a crunchy neckbreaker. And this is where I have good match, though I'll admit the lack of commentary is causing me to zone out a bit. Uh, this was okay. I just, eh. yeah, it definitely helps. It, it definitely would have helped to have a commentary team on on this match in particular. This and a cup. This and I think like a couple of other matches down the line. But um, yeah, it, it it's still it's still a solid match. I mean, honestly, I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say this right now. Every single match here is really really good oh fuck in, yeah. from, from a technical standpoint it's like these matches are really good from what from, from the performances in the ring that's not a problem the thing is is that the common is that they're not being a commentary track or you know a color commentary at all is just 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 takes some just takes a little piece of it away question mm-hmm which is worse, bad commentary or no commentary? I feel like bad commentary. No, actually, no. No commentary is worse because bad commentary gives you something to talk about. Okay. And, I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. On, yeah. Honestly, like even with bad commentary, you can it, even with bad commentary, it, it, you know, yeah. Like like Rosen said, you know, it gives you something to talk about. It gives you some. It gives you something else to address and it like think it, about how it, much mileage we got out of uh jim valley oh, i mean true yeah. with that unpleasant thought thought out of the way uh next match and this was honestly my favorite it's the aussie <laughs> open challenge first come out first people to come out are the ojmo and big t justice no 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 oh boy you gotta pronounce it ojmo is it ojmo like okay it's it has the, to be OJMO. Okay. It's the OJMO and Big T Justice. Then comes Session Moth Martina. And where's her partner? Oh, her partner is referee Shea Purser. Okay. <laughs> yeah, apparently over the intro for the credits, first it showed uh, like Big T Justice and, and OJO versus Aussies. And then you can hear the like the microphone talk of Martina. And slowly, the actual opening, like entrance, 
uh, image changes to, to Martinez Shea Persa appearing. And I went, and I'm like, there's only three tactics. And then all of a sudden, here oh, comes... That's the sound of the police. Yes, but they said, the, they said fun. And if you say the word fun, the anti-fun police turn up. Yeah, the anti-fun yep. police, which I actually kind of like when they entered. You get, yeah, you get their intro, but then you get a free stream of text of who they are. And I'm like, eh. This match in particular handled the uh, all the intros extremely well. Mm -hmm. uh, who called the fuzz? Yes, <laughs> I was going to say. Hmm? Go on. It's the anti-fun police comprised of Chief Deputy Dunn and Los Federales... Uh, Les... Help me out here. Deep breath. Los Federales Santos Jr. Thank you. Yeah. I have Los... to ask. Have, all of, have any of you seen Hot Fuzz? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Love that movie. Yes. They're great, they're good. They're great, they're good. Is it just me or would Dunn fit right in with Hot Fuzz? Yes, totally. They both oh, yeah. would. Oh, yeah, they, t they both totally would. I just think it would be funny as hell. Yeah, the Anti-Fun mm -hmm. Police is such a simple and effective gimmick, and I'm amazed we haven't seen, bef seen it before outside of this group. What's even oh. funnier is that they've actually turned into, um, they've actually become faces in the present day. How's that happen? Honest oh, uh, go on. Sorry. Honestly, I can see it because uh, I I can see that because there were a couple of people in the crowd who were who who were like mim uh, mimicking uh, the the main guys, uh, the, the you know the small the small guys uh, catchphrase. He's like you know, and, and the thing is about the anti fun places is they're not even against fun. Fun na. It's fun na. <laughs> that uh, I. Fucking love the anti-fun police. To answer your question, Rosen, um, it was a recent video with um Spike Trevay and Money versus everybody being the shit out of one of the newer guys, Gene Money, who hasn't obviously turned up for a couple of years. Um, and Spike was like, they were about to like, um, uh, I think they were taking out his ankle or something, and Spike was like, "Well, it has been fun." And then the anti-fun police and turn up and they're like, "Spike Trevay, you've been having too much fun, nah." So yeah. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. I guess it's like Tyler Breeze in that the gimmick can be face or heel depending on who they're like going up against. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes yeah. when you, you just put it's a wider shade of black. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I love. I, I heard that OJMO and Big T are rising stars right now, so it's interesting to see them a couple years before said rise. Yeah. Um, hang on, Dalton. Bad commentary is painful, but no commentary forces you to be alone with your own thoughts. Yeah, that's, that's a winning argument right there. <laughs> There you go. That is there absolutely correct. Yeah. So, for who all these people are... Uh, go do ahead. you want me to explain or not? Well, I, I have one. Like, Let's get into... Let's finish the promo they did, and then we'll talk oh, about them. Sorry. Yeah, it's go okay. for it. So, like, uh, we're closing out the beaches. Probably a good idea right now. <laughs> we're closing the bar, and then Martina's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now we can get into it. Okay, um, so, Aussie Open. We've talked about Aussie Open, yes? Yes. I, I miss them and wish they were, and hope they get their PWG tag title shot. Yeah, so, okay, OJMO, for the record, nobody has a fucking clue what that stands for. Nobody. So if you're wondering, I don't know. I can't tell you. Orange all juice made is, organism. All I know is that um, he gets really mad if you pronounce it OJMO. Um, Fair enough, yeah, so sorry. I, 
I actually know, like, him and BT, I don't, I can't tell you much about them, but, so, do I, do any of you know about Progress, um, Freedom's Road? Yes, we watched a bit. Yeah, so both of, okay, so Freedom's Road, it's a long story, but Freedom's Road was this thing, Progress, um, they put up to replace their, um, Endeavour and Potential shows. And the second season had a big overarching plotline, which is one of the most batshit insane things I've ever seen in my life. And I, God, I hope they, it would be very difficult for them to, I admit, because TK and, well, Dali is back in New Zealand. But God, I hope they make a season three because I need answers to that last episode. The point mm-hmm. is, OJMO and Big T were, um, were main characters in season two. Okay. Basically, um... They, they've been teaming together a bit. OJMO is the, um, the wisecracking tiny guy, and Big T is the big guy who puts up the little guy's bullshit. Nice. And he's also, like, you know, living up to his name because Big T is about, I think he's, like, seven feet tall. He's humongous! Holy shit! Yeah, not, yeah. As, tall as, not as tall as Kyle Fletcher, weirdly enough. And OJMO is, like, he's, he's something like six foot something, but I'm pretty sure his hair adds an extra inch. Um, yeah, so Martina is a, a very well-known Irish wrestler. Her gimmick is she likes to drink and party a lot and has something, what was it, like 30 children by 50 fathers? Hmm, yes, that, that sounds about right. Um, whereas Shay is a referee who became a wrestler and has actually got, he's um, risen to prominence in Riptide because he got his part of Money versus Everybody, which we'll explain more later. Yes. Uh, otherwise, the anti-fun police, uh, Chief Deputy Dunn, previously known as Damien Dunn. Who is and... the kayfabe brother of Pete Dunn. <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> last name things. Yeah. Just like and I'm totally that... related to, to Kevin Vampire, dude. <laughs> yes, you are. And yes, y- you are. Rosen. And, you know, Shane Thorne and I totally hang out. Um, and his partner Los Federales Santos Jr. I I know nothing about either of these guys except that they exist and have been around for a while. Yeah, that's 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 about all I know. I do have uh some thi- like I Casey was watching this before me, and she had some questions. She had uh it's been like a month since we last saw Martina, so she had she wondered what Martina's character was because it weirdly enough Martina wasn't really playing up her character to her to like maximum martina when we watched her oedo tie match again, yeah. again it's been like been like again. a couple of years since uh like she was on did this so it, it's been a, it's been a couple weeks yeah and also i'm pretty sure like yeah sorry go on but like i said uh it, that's fine so but i asked on twitter what is the best way to describe session moth martina to a newcomer and i got some answers uh, Reckless Eating's Nando Carizian said, "Working class Irish party girl, lovable, par- lovable trailer trash." Uh, Rosie Rebel says, "An over the top slash extra club girl who kicks ass." Mm-hmm. And uh, Hush Ruin says, "I once said 2008 Kesha, but wrestling." I don't believe that last part. No, I, I absolutely do. Oh my god, that's fantastic! <laughs> oh god, yes. I, uh, All right, continue. I do want to point out that we are going to get—we're going to talk about Martina again during the Orange Cassidy show because 
her and Spider Nate Webb have a match where they need to chug a beer every 30 seconds? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did they die? Amazingly, no. I think it's just a double knockout. But we'll get to that <laughs> down the line. Uh, in, yeah. Martina has the cis female equivalent to Joey Ryan's penis. That's a sentence. Yeah, for those who for those who don't know, apparently whenever someone puts their hands betwixt either one of their legs, you, you know, between their legs, you know, of either person, you know, what you know what I'm trying to say. Yes. We get uh, it. Yeah, essentially they get trapped or caught as She's, it were. She could you be a trap vagina. Yeah, she I used to play great name for a metal band. Yeah, I used to play bass for yeah. for, for bear trap vagina. Yeah, also, it kind of reminds me of the film Teeth. We uh, we used to open for Betty That's White Titfuck. Right. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, and, no. and and they can do a little g- uh, gag thing where they can uh, flip them over using their using their butt cheek muscles. Yeah. I, or, I, or, or most famously, Joey Ryan with his dick. That's, that's what yep. we're saying, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, but no, sorry. Now I'm just thinking of the film Teeth, and if you want to know what that is. No, 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 no. Do not tell me what Teeth is about. Dalton. Yeah, I'm saying, I say, do not. <laughs> do not. Dalton. Do, I'm not saying it. Do not. Just only look it up. And yeah. if you're if you're going, you're going to clinch. The legend was real. Have fun at yeah. it, Gilmer. Yeah. And, and, and uh, uh, Dalton with thick thighs and, and lives. lives. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Shapers are shouting. Shape. So we we talked about uh, before the podcast. We talked about uh, is Martina does she go too far with the gimmick? I think no because I think she goes right to the line. Well, hang on, we've got to explain what we mean by that. Yeah. Dur- during our lost episode, we talked about DDT's coming to America, and we ha- we were enjoying the show up until the character of Don Shoko Dino came up. And his character is basically, I'm going to strip down and shove my my dick and balls and ass into everyone's face and basically try to fuck everyone without permission. And Martina has this thing where she likes jumping on people and, like, grinding on them aggressively. And it's like, admittedly, she's not the only person we'll see on the show with a similar thing. And I don't, I don't think, I'm not cool with any of it because, like, it, it, no, guys, just, no. In fairness no. to her, I will say that she always asks, she always asks if it is Bance to grind on them. She does ask if it is Bance to grind so, on them. It's just that she is also, I'm pretty sure she's too drunk to understand the concept of no. Fair enough. but Or like, pretend to be too drunk. I think the line is, uh, in this case, it's it's different for every case, but I think in this case, and I again, I'm not by any means an expert, but personally I think the line is, she's keeping her clothes on, which... When when, Dan, when Dino gets his ass out, it's a bit much. I hate that we have to talk. About I really this. do. It's a super yeah. bummer. Hey, but, hey, hey, Rosen, uh, did you know that uh, Chief, Chief Deputy Dunn looks like James A. Janice from The Kill Count? Thank you, Jeff. Yes, he does. Uh, incidentally, <laughs> James is a dream guest for this show, and if by some miracle he sees this, we'd be we'd be happy to work with you if you're interested in at all. Um, who? YouTuber James Agent. He does videos oh, okay. on uh, like horror movies horror. and does stati- statistics analysis of the body counts. <laughs> it's re- he's really good. Yeah. Okay. I'll send you. I'll send you a link. Thank you. But uh, continue. Yes. 
Uh, I miss Aussie Open. I hope they, like I said before, I hope they get their PWG title shot. Nice Rana from the OJMO. And then choppy standoff. Like, <laughs> Big T has uh, Kyle Fletcher in the corner. Meanwhile, Mark Davis has the OJMO in the other corner. Both got, both huge guys are going to chop the little guys. Then Los Federales Santos Jr. runs in and tries to break it up, but instead gets double chopped. Meanwhile, <laughs> Martina is crowd drinking. Yeah, pretty wise move, actually. And yeah, there was definitely some bumping meat in this. Oh, yes. Yep, two two big, beefy men bumping meat. Uh, Admittedly, I mean, even Mark Davis looks pretty small next to Big T. Big T is a fitting name. Yeah. God damn, he's huge. But again, not as, yeah. tile, not as tall as Kyle Fletcher. Kyle, yeah, Kyle, Kyle Fletcher's lanky. He's a long boy. Yeah. Long, long man. Boy, <laughs> Kyle is like 22. Ah. Uh... Long, long boy. Doesn't sound right. Oh come on! Because <laughs> to me, long boys sound like Okada's pants. Honestly, honestly, it looks like you're describing a really awkward superhero and sidekick. <laughs> yes. Uh, wheelbarrow do- double stomp from Aussie Open, and then the Bronco Buster is the perfect move for Martina. Doesn't have yeah. What is a Bronco Buster? It is uh, basically it's a guy. Basically, it's when someone is uh, their heads, uh, their heads. Oh like, yes, being, gotcha. Yeah, Zachary Wentz does it with ferocity. Uh huh. Then yeah, I have bump and meat, and then my, one of my favorite spots. Big T picks up the OJMO and just throws him at his opponents. Yeah, OJMO got yeeted. <laughs> And then, and then the and then the next five minutes is basically everyone doing getting getting the chance to do a dive of some kind. Even 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 Los Federales Santos Jr. Yeah, good lord. We'll get to that, but first, uh, yeah, dick shot from Martina. Punt, punted his right nuts in the into fork. The, yes, like just just punted his nuts into the bandstands. Yep. Uh, Martina emulating me doing rope running, minus the beer-assisted psych-up. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, beer stunners, and then a one-arm power- oh wait, I'm skipping ahead. This match rules. Kyle Fletcher, do something crazy! That'll do nicely! <laughs> he, like, does a, a double- double jump, uh, off the top, off the like he jumps in on the middle rope, then onto the other side's top rope, and then out into the crowd. And then, yeah, I have in all caps. Oh Jesus, fuck! Santos ate so much shit on that dive. He did. Yeah, he. Yeah, he did. He he got maybe like two, three people tops, and everyone just kind of like, oh, guess we'll fall over too. I mean, to be honest, it would have been easier for him. It might have been better for him if he had just gotten on like the top rope or even the second rope and just just kind of fell forward. He yeah. tried. God bless him. He tried. Yeah, I mean, can't blame a guy for trying though. Uh, well, we can sometimes, but go on. Yeah. Um, now then, I have the beer stunners and the fucking one arm power bomb uh, from Mark Davis. Oh my god. 
He's a very solid lad. Mm-hmm. Uh, fidget spinner on Santos gets Ozzy open the win. That was a that was my favorite match of the night. It was good shit. Yeah, that was a that was a really good uh, uh, four quarter tag. This was a match. You didn't like it? Uh, it was all right for me. I don't know. It's okay. Uh, well, we'll talk about the second half, but first we gotta go to the merch table. Howdy everybody, Editor Gomer here, and since Rosen has so graciously left this space for some sort of an ad or sponsor or something like that, um, I am going to tell you guys about another show he is going to be on in the near future, and that show is called Thespian Talk. What is it? Well, it's a news and opinion show, just like a lot of others out there. And we just try to make sense of all of these things that are going on in the world. Some of it good, some of it very, very bad. A lot of ranting goes on, and a lot of random humor as well. You can catch the show at rtgomer.com or wherever you get your podcasts every Wednesday evening at about 7 p.m. Central Time. So if you want to catch me and Rosen and a bunch of our friends, go check it out. See y'all later. Welcome back to the show. Jeff, what'd you get? Uh, what did I get? Um, I have no idea. You just got the mystery got bag? Mystery box. The, I, the mystery I, bag! Appar- appar- uh, apparently I have the mystery bag. It just appeared in his house. And it, has a, a giant mo- yeah. it has a giant lollipop in it. The mystery bag! <laughs> Great! A giant lollipop. I can either eat this or beat somebody with it. There uh, you go. Hey, you'd be ready for the apocalypse. Well, in today's episode of What the Fuck is Wrong with You, Florida Man goes crazy and beats the shit out of people for giant lollipop. <laughs> well, you know what they say. When it's time to party, we will party hard. Next match is Eddie Dennis versus Omari. Yay. I love Eddie they Dennis. They exist. Omari is again before my time, but I'm excited for the tall man match. Yeah. Yes, it's 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 two lanky boys fighting to see who's the king of the lanky boy. Bumpin' lank. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't it be lanking meat? Lanking meat? Well there's no lank, there's no meat to bump. They're tall but they're thin. So it's it's lanking meat. That's that's more yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's bumping it's, lank. It's, yeah, it's kinda like, you know, Two slices of beef jerky being slapped together. <laughs> Bumpin' jerky. Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway, hooray for tall athleticism. Yeah, um... I don't really know a lot about Omari. He's an English dude who's been around for a while. Looks a bit like a more serious and also sober Desmond Xavier. I can see that, and also taller. Yeah, um... Royston, you like Eddie Dennis. Explain him. Eddie Dennis is a guy from Wales who quit his job to be, to be a wrestler and is an on-again, off-again partner with uh, Mark Andrews for FSU. And uh, he was, until he got injured, the Progress Champion. Yes. That's, that's about it. <laughs> also, yeah, his, yeah. Finisher, or his theme used to be Party Hard by Andrew WK. That's the joke earlier. Uh, I don't have much for this one. I just have, God damn, these bumps are brutal. Yeah. Like, they were throwing yeah, it, each other all over the place. Crowd's super into it, though. 
Yeah, I mean, folks seem to be behind both guys, really. Uh, again, solid match. Yeah. Uh, anything before I get into the play-by-play? Not really, no. Nope. No. Nope. Uh, Casey? No. Okay. Uh, crucifix bomb, and then one into the buckles. These ropes are squeaky. Did yes. anyone notice that? Or... Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Omari with a high kick, and then next stop driver gets Eddie the win. That was fun. I didn't have much to say. It was a good match. Yeah. I don't have much to say either, but it was a good match. It was, I have not much to say. It was an okay match. Just didn't really catch my eye. Fair enough. <laughs> if you want to talk about catching your eye. Yep. <laughs> the next match, it's, <laughs> it's the horniest match ever made. <laughs> I it's, love Karen yeah. It's Jack Sa- it, Jack Saxmith. God damn it. God damn it. Okay. I'm just envisioning Jack walking around with a saxophone, like just playing the saxophone aggressively at people. Silver? I would totally be there for Jack just playing the saxophone. I'm here to cover you all in my jazz. Uh, <laughs> I really said the saxophone. Sexophone. Oh my god. It's Jack Sexsmith. Welcome, welcome to the horniest episode of o, of uh, OCW of, of OCW ever. Bumpin' meat. Saying a lot. OCW bumpin' meat edition. <laughs> We're always the meat bump edition. Oh. We're all going to hell. Yes. Uh Jack Sexsmith versus Karen War. I will say once um I'm just calling. I called him Sex Smith in my notes. That's fine. Um, he during his video entrance, he came out in a rainbow jacket, which is pretty cool. But here's here's what will make it more awesome: take Effie's iconic spike pink jacket, replace he, the pink with rainbow. He can't. He can't. Jack Sex Smith is retired. Hmm. He had to retire in 2019 when he tore multiple ligaments in his knee, and it was basically like, you have to stop wrestling or you'll never be able to walk again. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's very sad. I, the, that's yeah, sad. but I don't know. I thought it'd be cool if, with, for Effie to have, like, a spiked rainbow jacket for one time for, like, a Pride Month. Yeah, I'm extremely bummed that Jack Sexsmith did not get to be in Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, can, I maybe guess... commentary? Yeah, there's nothing stopping him from making an appearance. That's true. Yeah. We can hope. Yeah, he, 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 yeah, he can still do commentary. Yeah. He uh, could walk around with a, sex, with a saxophone. Yeah, you know, do... Uh, yeah, damn yeah, it! Yeah, he could probably, yeah, probably do, you know, produ- you know, produce backstage. Yeah. You know, but, when everyone's gone. <laughs> but yeah, I was extremely bummed that Jack Sexsmith had to retire. He was one of my favorites in progress. Everyone. Especially with how he's... Especially with his riptide arc, like, it's a long story, basically. I'll explain more after the match, because it's plot-relevant, but... Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cara Noir is, again, before my time, but I've heard they're amazing. Yeah. Bunny, go ahead. Or actually, you can explain both people. <sighs> okay, who do you want to hear about first? Jack, since we talked about him before. Okay. Jack Sexsmith is an English former wrestler who, um, he started out with an Irish gimmick, hilariously enough, but it wasn't working, and he came up with Jack Sexsmith, so his gimmick was essentially Fiend. By Sexsmith, he was hitting on, he would hit on everyone aggressively, 
go after everyone aggressively, fielded a GIMP at um, a few progress shows, which was hilarious. I remember the GIMP. Um, uh, anyway, he, so Jack is, um, he's pansexual. Yes. So, um, but eventually he decided that the, like, he was getting sick for sex being gimmick, so he turned it into being a representative for the LGBT community. Which, on the one hand, is good, but, like, I'm also pansexual, and I actually liked the sex fiend gimmick because I thought it was hilarious. So when he stopped doing the sex fiend gimmick, I was a bit like, mm, I liked you better when you were shoving condoms in everyone's throats. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> anyway, um, but yeah, no, so he does his, he's generally, you know, in the ring, he was generally a face, being this, you know, adorable, lovable guy who just you know, couldn't keep it in his pants. And, uh, yeah, had to retire, which sucked. And I don't really know what he's doing now, if anything. I'm going to go look up his Twitter. Go on. Uh, well, we still need Cara Noir, who I know nothing about. But yeah. Dalton said, so you're saying there's a shadow over Sexsmith. <laughs> God, that's pretty good. Uh, the thing is, any time I hear the word Sexsmith, I'm just imagining Imagining like some guy in medieval times making, <laughs> he's either forging, he's either forging like uh, cod pieces, or he's like, for, or, or he's like making uh, like uh, sex sex based weaponry. No, no, like, he is forging uh, sex. He is the god of sex himself. <laughs> he is he is the Hephaestus of fucking. He's sexfestus. He's he's sexfestus. <laughs> Hephaestus. Oh, uh, dear God. But, yeah, no, I, um, what we're doing? Car Noir. Car Noir. I'm just, um, looking for Jack's Twitter. I don't know what he's doing, if anything. But, yes, um, so, Car Noir. Oh, my God, I love this guy so much. Okay, Car Noir is what you get if you cross Billy Elliot with Black Swan. Okay. So, okay. have any of you watched Billy Elliot? No. I know what it's about. Same here. I know Tom Holland was part of the original Broadway cast on there. I, yeah, know, right. I, I know nothing. I'm just, oh, it's about this guy. Um, it's about a boy who is in the coal mining town with a big, strong, macho father, and the boy wants to be a ballet dancer, and his dad's like, no, that's not masculine enough, but eventually he becomes a ballet dancer. Mm. So... Cara Noir is batshit insane. Fair enough. You probably gathered that from the thing, but okay, so basically he started out wanting to be a ballet dancer and actually got into ballet school but eventually got kicked out for something like attitude problems, thinking got in a fight or something. He got into mixed martial arts, but, um, and then I can't remember the exact story, but eventually he wound up, like, in a whole bunch of drag shows and like in the underground queer scene and then he became a wrestler and he incorporated all of it into his gimmick which is he he's like he's a ballet guy who thinks he's a swan okay and, then and explain yeah, yeah he's he's not really in touch with reality Stop looking at me, Swan! Yes. And... I'm I'm having trouble explaining all of this, but the dude's amazing. I, I, I heard he won Super Strong Style this year, so that's that's a plus. 
Yeah. Uh, and before you ask, no, he's not gay. Okay. But it's still like, a, it's still a very uh, LGBT yes. friendly gimmick. I don't know if he's actually queer or not, but like he's not gay because you know he has a partner who has a they've got a kid. Very adorable, by the way. I'm gonna see if I can get this photo up. Um, but damn it, no way it's working. Um, so he is shit. not he is not exclusively into cis dudes, is what you're saying. That is what I'm saying. I would okay. I've never actually met the guy. I cannot tell you anything more. But if you shit, damn, why's my computer such a if big? If you shit, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> click the link. Scroll down a bit. There is a photo. It is adorable. Why do Why do most wrestlers not have this? Funny as just looked me, Karanor's website with a backstory page. Why do most cool. wrestlers not do this? I don't know. Most wrestlers need to do this. For with, with, the ones with complex characters need this. I apologize anyway. to Gomer for the fucking shouting, but... <laughs> uh, but yes, no. Has an adorable baby girl. He's pretty quick, too. Uh... And then he, oh, he's really feeling himself. Oh, he has lipstick in his in his uh, trunks. Kara is wearing a thong of holding. A thong of holding. That's that's amazing. I need to I need to write that down into the fantasy Costco. Yes. So no, he is literally wearing a thong of holding. He pulls out a lot of stuff out of there. Well, with the lipstick, if you've ever seen Night of the Demons, lipstick is forever ruined for you. But I'm assuming most of you have not, so we'll move on. Okay. Mm. How about we start at the beginning of the match? Yes. That was my first note for the match. I, really? I don't have much. I just have that he was really quick. Well, I have a couple. Go ahead. Go for it. There's a was a, a butt attack on Karen Noir. Oh, I have that. And then I have some notes after the match. All right. So I have a fair bit during the match. Jeff, have you got anything? Uh, well, it was a. Uh, again, really, really good match between these two. Uh, both, you know, both of them definitely showing a little bit of their kinky sides. Oh God, yes, they anyway. are all kink. Yes. So, the match starts with Sexsmith talking about how important it is that in this day and age you have an openly pansexual guy and a crazy ballet swan. How the fuck did I miss this? Because you weren't paying attention. That's fair. Um, anyway, Kara is not impressed, mainly because, like I said, Kara is batshit insane. And they proceed, well, proceeds to keep hitting Sexsmith. Anyway, Kara proceeds to repeatedly strangle Sexsmith with his weird skirt thing, and then by threads he pulls out of his song of holding. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and then there are bear asses everywhere. There yeah. were. I, uh, I have, we have reached peak horny energy and I am here for it. And then we have bare ass. Things, things get, things get cheeky. Let's just put it that way. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm very glad that the LGBTDT name still lives on after Jack's retirement. Thanks to Jake Atlas. Yeah. Um, you know, Kara licks Jack, gets his makeup all over him. Um, there are stink faces, which I've never been like, that's just wrong. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, there's a bit where Kara, like, Sexsmith is out of it, so Kara picks him up and dances with him. Which and, I just, like, I had the urge to sing. He's got the whole world in his hands, but I didn't. And then we have something I never thought I'd see again, Mr. Kako. 
Yeah. So Jack's thing was that um, instead of Mr. Socko, he had Mr. Coco, a condom. Yep. But he tried. Um, yeah. And Kara also has a thing, which wasn't this one, where he did this thing where he'd crack an egg and, like, um, it was like he'd put it in his mouth and then drool it into the other wrestler's mouth. Oh, no, 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 no. Ooh. But, not, but not in this match. That's a... Oh... That's an that's another thing that's probably never going to happen again. Like, not even for the not even for the spit, just for the salmonella of the egg. <laughs> like, do not give me an egg in this trying time. <laughs> look, look, look at it this way: at least at least they're not going to be able to catch Salmonella Fitzgerald. Scooby Doo, butter. <laughs> the Joker shoots that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> what the fuck? No, just that. Oh, so anyway, but go ahead. Um, yeah. So anyway, Sexbeth basically hulks out and beats Kara. Yep. And then we have yeah, huge stomp from Jack gets the win. Excellent stuff. Post-match, Spike Trevay attacks. And he has his own Mr. Kako. He does. Okay, so Spike basically hates Jack because Jack beat him using Mr. Kako. And <laughs> it's a long story. Go on. Uh, but here comes Divin Moser to make the save. But he attacks Jack Sexsmith. What the fuck? It appears that Spike Trevay has bought uh, Divin Moser's services. And here we are. Yeah, so this was the formation of Money versus Everybody, which is like mostly had Moses' tagline was Moza versus Everybody. So, you know, you had Spike to raise money. Um, it, it's turned into a major stable in Riptide's main heels, where uh, Spike just adds whoever he wants and runs roughshod over everybody. And uh, yeah, so he and Jack had a very intense rival, well not rivalry, hatred, shall we say, that went on for years, mainly with Spike beating the shit out of Jack, Jack trying to recover, Jack getting more allies, Jack losing his allies. Anyway, the whole thing's going to come down to this match where Jack had a shot at the title and he wanted a match with Spike, but Spike was like, okay, I'll give you this match, you have to put your title on the line. Unfortunately, the match never happened because Jack tore his knee. So basically, the entire rivalry never ended. It just fizzled out because Jack couldn't wrestle anymore, which sucks. Yeah. But there's not really anything we can do about it, so... <sighs> um, I will say, when that one guy came out, I put down... I have no clue who this guy is! <laughs> Wait, who? Spike. Okay. Spike. Oh, God. And then Spike knocks the fuck out. This would have been where where commentary would be helpful. Yeah. Also check the um, the Discord. I put a very adorable. I saw that. Very adorable. Of Kara's kid. Okay, so. So now that I've. Now that I've half-assed my way through that explanation... We have the reason I picked this show over the other one. Yeah, I gave everyone a couple of options for each. And they... Yep. Yeah. 
I'm really bad at winning today. Go on. So, I found this match from Botchamania, but the car, the people in it were so interesting that I had to pick it. It's a two out of three falls table match between Jimmy Havoc, Matt Riddle, and Keith Lee. It's good I, shit. I love all three of these guys. Yeah, the match. I love Jimmy. I love Keith. I love Matt Riddle. What could go wrong? And then Jimmy comes out and puts oh, himself God. through a table. Jimmy, why? Well, uh, apparently, uh, like you guys have discussed Jimmy, but I haven't because I wasn't there. Ah, go ahead. Jimmy Havoc. Oh, my God. I love this guy so much. Get going, Gash. Oh, he's just so, he's so cool. Like, one of my favorite things is, like, okay, it's one of the reasons I like Spike as well is that, like, the thing about heels to me is that a lot of the time they just, they kind of half-ass being a dick. Whereas, like, instead of, like, to, it's like, it's, Jimmy doesn't, like, interfere in, well, he doesn't interfere in people's matches and so on, but he's not limited to just that, like, Jimmy straight up kills people. Jimmy straight up tries to kill people with axe. He so, tried to cut off a guy's hands, he threatened to cut a guy's head off, he's done promos where he ate people, like, he's straight up evil, and I love it. So what you're saying is, we deserve a better class of villain. Like, and Spike did this thing in, like, that video I was talking about earlier where he, um, he called out members of the audience who had tweeted insulting things about him. And this was why, while he had Gene Money, like, he had, um, Money vs. Everybody beat the shit out of Gene for every insulting tweet he read out. Mm. It was like, wow, okay, that's how you villain. It's like, you make the audience pay for their crimes. Like, mm-hmm. Why do people not get this? There is, like, it's not hard to be evil. <laughs> it's not hard to be evil. You can be evil. You just have to, you know, don't be a pussy about it. I think that at a certain point it comes down to a booking decision, but yeah. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just, it's not hard. Nope. But yes. But anyway, Jimmy, you know, I love Jimmy. He's a really nice guy when, you know, he's not trying to kill people. Yes, yes, agreed. But, um, fucking, he puts himself through a table, and I just, my first note is, Jimmy, why? Yeah, see, two out of three falls tables match, as wasn't explained before. <laughs> no, apparently not to Jimmy, because yeah, it, he thought yeah, it was it, the first person to put themselves through two tables. No, he thought it was, he thought it was the first person to put somebody, including himself, through two, ta- through oh two tables. And didn't realize that he had to put his two opponents through tables. Yeah. And then... And the best part. Like, and the, and the thing is, yeah. The, yeah, so, yeah, so e- even, if his ge- even if his plan even if his plan was legal, it wouldn't have worked anyway. Yeah. Just, it's my favorite part is that, like, the camera just focuses in on him. He's just like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> And then he just he he points at Riddle. He's like, "Can I put him through twice? Because that ain't happening." He's <laughs> like, "Yeah, yeah, that ain't happening." <laughs> also, okay, so because I you know when these aren't well, Jimmy we've talked about already. Rosen, tell us about well, Rosen, Jeff, Casey. Tell us about Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Oh my God, I love these guys. Matt Riddle. 
current NXT Tag Team Champion, former PWG Tag Team Champion, uh, the King of the Bros, former UFC fighter. What else do I need to say? He's Matt fucking Riddle. He's also and, really nice. Yes, uh, he's a lovely guy. Yeah, and you got Keith Lee, who's the current North American champion. He's also a lovely guy, and I love him too. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he's yeah. He seems like a really he seems like a real sweetheart. He's also a freaking beast who can do who can do flippy moves, power moves. He's he's got it all. He's got he's got personality. He's got charisma. The I mean, he's he's a beast in the ring, and. Just seriously, the guy is the total. The guy is the total packet. Yes. Like I've never met Keith Lee, but he comes out looking like, like if this were a TV show, Keith Lee would be like your really friendly uncle who's always cracking jokes. But the moment shit goes down, he just beats the crap out of people. Yeah. Yeah. Or 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 sings a smooth or sings a smooth R and B song. <laughs> well, there is that clip of of him just singing. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tra- tra- uh, his catchphrases. His catchphrases are that he is limitless and to bask in his glory. Yes. He also has a rather musical voice. Yes. yes. He, he did his own. Yeah. Th- he did both of his own theme songs. Neat. Yep. Uh, I love how Riddle and Keith are to- are fighting about who gets to toss a prone Jimmy Havoc into a table. <laughs> Jimmy spends most of his match like being fought over and just being thrown around when he's just like not trying to hide. Yep. Until yeah. uh, Matt and Jimmy hit a 3D on Keith Lee and put and both get a point on him. That which is literally the only way that we're going to put Keith through a table. Yeah. Let's be real. Pretty, mu- pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unless they have like a forklift or something. Yeah. No, they no they they would try to kill him with it. Keith Lee points out he's a way That's bigger up. deal than the other guys. <laughs> yeah, he well yeah. Uh, acid Rainmaker countered into a knee, and then paper cut between the toes. Oh God! Twice. Yep. Yes. To the guy who doesn't wear shoes. Was uh, it on? Was it on both feet or the same foot? I think it was both. Same foot, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I think it might have been the same foot. I'm not sure. And then. Uh, a dive, uh, a dive countered into a spirit bomb through a table that doesn't break. Uh mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, they are the table. They are the table, but I was wondering because, like, the thing is, Keith would have won if that table had broken. Yep. Oh yeah. So I'm like, was the table designed not to break or what? I would imagine it wasn't designed to break. Then, actually, yeah. no. Keith, Keith wouldn't have won. No, I mean he yeah. put both his opponents through a table. Yeah, Keith hadn't had any any points at that point yet. Yeah, but two people for one table yeah. would equal two points. Oh right, right. It? Riddle was yeah. on the table as uh, as he was going to put. Okay. Yeah. Wow, it still Unless didn't it, fucking break. Holy shit! Unless there was some kind of rule that you have to put both people through a table separately. Yes, I don't know. But they didn't specify that. No, they did not. So... No, they didn't. Uh. As that I am the table chant from an audience member hints at, I found this match for Botchamania initially. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> Lee, Lee sends Riddle into a table. Still no break. He spears Matt through a table, but still no break. And then he, then he gets a fucking mic. Quote, Did Jimmy set this table up? 
You pick some tables that say, yeah, I'll break when a 300 pound sub bitch falls through me, and he's one under 258 breaking shit! <laughs> End quote. Yeah, and then there was that bit where he tried to set the table up and then, like, the, the legs folded. So he set that up and then he put the legs back up and then the other legs folded. These yeah. fucking tables suck! And then he just, like, um, like, got down on his knees and sort of, like, worshipped in front of the table for a second. Because it was staying. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's put Matt Riddle through a table. And he's mad, holy shit. And the table, like, it didn't even break down the middle, it just sort of, like, broke at the no, end No, it broke in the corner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Keith, this is brutal, but, still, but I love but it. It's, but it still counts. <laughs> and then, um, then uh, oh, Jimmy, this was a mistake. And he gets put on the table, Keith Lee goes for moonsault, but Jimmy moves, and the table moves. <laughs> Make it feel like the table just got up and walked off by itself. It might as well have! <laughs> I mean, he, he just kind of slides over. He's like, okay, just kind of move this over here. And the fun part was that Jimmy was lying there, like, waiting for his moment. Uh, Jimmy yep. goes for a runner, but Riddle turns it into a powerbomb for the win. Goddamn. And I think this was only, like, in the live show. Keith Lee got on the mic and said, fuck those tables. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great match. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was a great match. I think my favorite was how. Ever, sorry, Casey, go on. I was gonna say this was just chaos and brutal. That's all I got in my notes. I think my favorite was how everyone was like reacting. So like, there was a bit where like somebody hit Keith, and Keith was like, "Oh shit!" And people <laughs> just like kept like swearing, like yelling because they kept getting hurt. It was really funny. It doesn't sound yeah. funny, but it was really funny. Uh, let's move on to our closing thoughts. Would I recommend the show? Yes. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, the, yeah. It's a really good show. Not a sing, not a single bad match. Yeah. I mean, technically, I did recommend this show. Yes. There's only one thing they would need to work on would be just com add commentary. That's yeah. it. Uh, add mm -hmm. commentary, and you know, if you can, the intros. But also, yeah. get better and, um, tables. Maybe, maybe get everyone to stop, like, pushing their genitals on other people. And asses. Yeah, but that, again, that's a systemic thing. I know, I just... I know. I know. Sometimes I just want to watch a show without anyone's bare ass going on anyone's head. Oh, you meant the sexsmith thing. Okay. Oh, yes, and also Martino's crotch, which uh, I think she's got, I don't know, like... I know I've made D&D &D jokes already, but I feel like Martina's crotch has, like, got some natural armor or some shit. Can you do that? I it's, like she roll, it's like she roll, roll, she, like, has a, a plus three and plus three in, uh, in, uh, in Kegel. Kegel. Yeah. I, I feel like there's some min-maxing going on in there. Mm. She, eh, she may have just rolled high on her character sheet. <laughs> Oh, look who's talking, Mr. 27 Armor Class. Hey, hey. It just happened, okay? It just <laughs> fucking happened. Oh, God. So, yeah, uh, picks? Shall we do picks? Picks! Who wants yes. to do the singular pick first? 
uh, are you, uh, per- personal pick? Yes. Uh, well, for me, I think it would probably have to be, uh, uh, I mean, I'm, Honestly, my personal pick's Keith Lee. Well, aside from Keith Lee, because he's the group pick, but... Well, uh, then Jimmy Havoc. That works. Rosen, pick yours. Oh, mine? Uh, mine's gonna be uh, the Anti-Fun Police, with some honorable mentions to uh, to Chris Brooks and Ozzy Open and the OJMO and Big T. You wanna just pick the entire roster? I, I can't, so I, I I pick one out of the bunch, and then I I don't like to leave anybody out. <laughs> Case you? I actually will pick Candy Floss. She I loved her energy, and it was very cool. Sweet. I'm cool. picking Kara because Kara is wonderful, and people need to know that. And our group pick, as we said before, is Keith Lee because we are literally not going to get another chance to pick him for a group pick. Unless we do some sort of bonus episode with him on it. But, That's you know. true, unless we do an NXT yeah. takeover. But mm-hmm. for now, here we are. Bunny, you got anything to plug? Uh, no. Jeff, you got anything to plug? Uh, not currently. Casey, got anything to plug? Not at the moment. <laughs> All right, then our, our usual links are going to be in the description. Uh, again, if you want to hear these episodes a day early, uh, Patreon is in, is in the description. Um, thank you to Ethan for the intro. Thank you to Joe for the artwork. Thank you to Gomer for editing. Thank you to, uh, Neil Sasirga for not being mad at us at the use of the theme song. Mullet with Butterfly Wings off of the album Mouth Sounds. Thank you to, uh, Pivot Share for allowing us to watch this. And thank you to you for listening. Barring, we don't know if our uh, next show is going to be the main show, but barring that, our next bonus episode is going to be more, uh, more new continents for us. The world is a <laughs> We're going to Australia for PWA. Buddy, what show was that? Rick South for the Boys. We're going to PWA, Ricky South for the Boys. We'll see you there on One Crazy Weekend. The